0: Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talks The Walking Dead's UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney+. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David, how's it going?
1: I'm good, thanks.
0: Good, good, this is for season 11, episode 14, The Rotten Core. I did initially have this episode written down as just The Rotten but then apparently that wasn't correct. So I've changed it yes. uh, regardless. Uh, what did you think of this episode?
1: I really like this episode. I mean, you can tell we're kind of coming up to the end of this bit of the season. Um, you know, they are starting to ramp things up. We're getting to see, uh, you know, uh, more, more of the issues that are with the Commonwealth, I guess mm-hmm. is probably the way I put it. Um, is this have we got any more to go of this bit of the arc or is it was that the last one this week i can't remember
0: um what of the Carlson arc No, because
1: no 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 i mean there be is there an episode next week or not i
0: yeah there's there's two left two left um, right that, that's yeah. what i meant yes i could Yeah, because we're still doing 8 and 8 but then we're doing another 8 in right, uh, okay. october so I
1: remember where we got to but uh, yeah so you can sort of tell that we're coming up to the, the kind of conclusion of, of this like, you know, third, the second part of the third mm-hmm. run. Um, and yeah, we're getting this, this, uh, lot more stuff going on with the, uh, the, you know, the Commonwealth, we're starting to see, yes, as to say the rotten core of the Commonwealth. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I I love the stuff with uh, Daryl and this week as well with them sort of going into the house. I thought that was that was really well done. There was sort of lots of zombies for you as well, which I know have been lacking a little in places this season. Um, So, yeah, it's been uh, pretty good with. um, You know, seeing Sebastian back, which is, I mean, just an awful character that guy is
0: mm.
1: um uh and uh you yeah, know the return of negan adds some very interesting reveals for negan this this time around uh the standoff between negan and the kid i thought was really well done yeah all, all over um really enjoyed this episode
0: mm-hmm yeah I thought this was a good episode, um, it did some good things, um, I'm mainly just kind of waiting for this arc to finish now because having continued reading the comic books which I'll get into some stuff in a minute, um, I want the Commonwealth arc to, which I know this is kind of part of it but it's like the TV part of the Commonwealth arc, um, so it's it's a bit different because um, there's some stuff that's happening in the book that I can't wait to see in this show. And as much as I did enjoy this content, it's sort of like I'm just waiting for. I felt like I'm kind of just waiting for the C side or the third part of um, this this season to really kick on that yeah. last sort of sort of bit. Because I am on the last um, book now, as I was mentioning. I think earlier, uh, later last week, uh, after we did uh, episode thirteen, because I sent you a a picture. I think I sent you a picture or something, and I said, "Hey, is that is the last yeah. one?" Um, I think yeah. it's called "Rest in Peace" or something. It's issue. It is volume uh, 32, and the way I found that out is I looked on Amazon for v- volume 33, and of course there wasn't one. So, <laughs> um, so I bought that and uh, finished the the book um, beforehand. The, the 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 other one, uh, volume 31, which I was reading last week. Um, but it would make sense if the book that I've just got, which is a little bit bigger, I I noticed when I took it out the Amazon thing that like oh this is a little bit thicker. Um, So maybe it's got like an issue or two more Because usually um, I don't know how this works for all comic books But usually uh, with Walking Dead It was six issues make up a volume Um, That might be different for different comic book series I don't know But um, it it definitely is bigger So I wonder if there's an extra volume uh, Sorry, an extra issue in there um, Which is about Ten pages or so Again, it depends on what exactly is going on Um, because one of the issues that Kirkman's done before that was like 40 pages so um, I think that was for a big like one of the bigger story arcs but I'm guessing that the book I've just gotten so volume 32 is going to be the 11c part um, because that would fit with sort of the 8 episodes that's more than enough time to tell that story so if you can kind of end this B side of the season on a part where what's happening right now so with the whole um, Lance and obviously Carlson's dead anyway that sort of stuff comes to head, and then hopefully you transition that into whatever is going on between Daryl and Maggie. That would that would make a lot of sense, and we and you've got two more episodes to do that. So, um, and I mean, still like with because one of the Daryl things after um, we came back for this uh season. One of our questions about the Daryl thing was like, okay, why is he squaring off against Maggie? It doesn't make any sense. Wasn't supposed to make any sense because it is a, it is a mystery, but um. I suppose... Because I... I, Even still now, I still have issues with, like... uh, The the way Daryl is, like, following orders and stuff. Um, There could be reasons for it, but within his character, it still, to me, doesn't make sense. Um, And I don't know that the way that I want that story to be told will be told in two episodes. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think that's when they'll... I think that's when they'll ultimately do the Maggie confrontation thing. So, I don't think that it will give me kind of the the result that I want out of that um but just kind of it's just kind of strange seeing doubt cuz he's like had obviously Rick there as a leader and he kind of listened to him but that was like a brother very brotherly kind of relationship and they were like friends brothers kind of stuff but yeah continue cuz in it happens in this episode with Sebastian I I and I, and I know with the Sebastian scene <clears throat> he doesn't really have as much choice but the what the attitude and the way Daryl is like taking orders and stuff, it doesn't look right. It doesn't make sense at the moment. Um, how do you kind of feel about Daryl so far? Because obviously his development is going to be a big part <clears throat> towards the Maggie thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the it, it's been interesting with Daryl um, and I get what you're saying about him sort of following orders when he's been such a kind of loner up until this point. And that does seem like a slightly jarring transition that he's been prepared to to take orders and work in this group. But then it is a slightly different setup with the Commonwealth. You know, he's got kids to deal with and protect. And, you know, he's there doing what he needs to do to make sure that everybody is safe. And he seems to be you know seems to sort of understand that if he wants a place in the Commonwealth then this is what he has to do um but yeah I I know what you're saying about that um I the the confrontation with Maggie I am very interested to see how that's going to resolve itself because uh you know we've we've uh we we've had this situation as I said I think last week where I rather think that Maggie and their group are going to get blamed for the sort of, you know, Negan um, group incident right, that right. we saw. You know, I, I, I think that they're going to be kind of blamed for that. And that's sort of why, you know, Daryl's leading group i i think that they maybe will flip that in some way you know he's gone there under orders but ultimately he's probably going to end up siding you know um he's kind of there to try and figure out what's going on because we know from this episode that mercer isn't in on any of the really shady stuff either so yeah yeah um yeah, I, I'm sort of intrigued as to how they're going to end up leaving that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, and yeah, I I do get what you're saying about Daryl, and and it is a little odd to see him in that situation where he's following orders. But I also get why he might have decided that that's the best option at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. But they got two more episodes to get there. I'm just not story. I'm just not sure that the story you possibly need to tell with Daryl that you could actually do that in two episodes. I think that i honestly think that sort of arc is like half a season in of itself or like mm-hmm. a eight episode chunk whatever whatever we're calling this thing now <laughs> but um uh i suppose 12, 12 episodes is that the actual halfway point which we've already gone past so um anyway uh no not 12 yeah 12 something like that what have we got 24 this season yeah so 12 um yeah, bit of a different, bit of a different weird season. It's it's weird because we we're used to the season ending, like coming up to the ending of this season by episode fourteen. Yeah, and uh, and thing like, hey, what's going to happen next season? But the next eight is just the next lot of episodes. It's a bit strange, and we've got like a season or half a season of fear in between that. So, um, or whatever else is happening. So, because when Tales is next year, isn't it? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I think so. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. Anyway, because what they'll probably have then this year is this part, Fear, and then Walking Dead 11C, um, maybe a trailer one of these years for the Rick film. Um, <laughs> so um, I read some random thing today. It wasn't anything official. It was just somebody speculating that there's going to be like a Michonne-Rick series, but that was just somebody like speculating. Um, yeah. be interesting to see what they do with the Michonne, I suppose. Yeah, so anyway, um, that's it for the pre talk and stuff. Let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into the recap. See you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening today. I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So, whether you're Alright, so as I've recently been doing, I've continued to do a couple of film reviews, and I've got two new ones to do actually as well, um, or three, because I was going to go and see a film called X, uh, which is a new horror film, but it has disappeared from cinema listings, so I can't go and see it. Uh, The other two I'm going to be reviewing is Death on the Nile and uh, Coda, which won uh, Best Picture, didn't it? yeah, at the Oscars. But uh, films that I have reviewed, uh, one called Deep Water, which not a lot of people seem to enjoy, but I really did. Uh, for those of you that want to go and watch it, it's on Hulu, I think, in the US, because there's some Hulu listed trailers uh, online. So Hulu in the US and Amazon Prime in the UK. It's called Deep Water. Stars Anthony Ramos, who was in No Time to Die, and Ben Affleck, who's of course recently been Batman. Um, so that was uh, really, really enjoyed that film. I gave that one of my must see uh ratings, a lot of interesting stuff to kind of dig into with that as well so that's on amazon prime uh gaming talk this week we talked about some updates from cd project red they've announced a new witcher game um not technically called the witcher 4 it's going to be it just says a new saga so there's some speculation as to could be a siri led game which would make a lot of sense uh but they've just labelled it as a new saga um, and they also said uh, about like the different engines that are going to be used for this Witcher game and for Cyberpunk. And they also snuck in some information that Cyberpunk is going to get an uh, expansion at some point, which I think was already planned, but uh, they sort of updated people on that again. And we also speculated, uh, it has been actually revealed what Project Spartacus is now. It was revealed yesterday, but me and Robert speculated as to what it could be. And of course we'll be talking about what that actually is on next week's or this upcoming week's um, Gaming Talk episode. Um, speaking of Apple TV Plus and uh, glowing reviews, I finished Season 3 of Servant. I uh, gave it an easy, easy 10 out of 10 must-see rating. I know I've been raving about it on like, Geek Town and other places and stuff. I uh, called it TV's best uh, horror slash thriller show and I had nothing but good things to say about it. In fact, I had nothing bad to say about it and uh, I got very excited while I was talking about that show because it was um, just so good. Uh, that's another show that's on Apple TV Plus. It's called Servant and I absolutely recommend that you go and watch it on there um plus you'd have time to catch up for the first three seasons before the fourth and final season hopefully next year so <clears throat> there's all that uh did a possible skip review this is for horizon forbidden west it's an entirely spoiler free review so just giving my uh, full review um for that game so for horizon forbidden west uh we've got last week's walking dead episode of course all the recent sort of ones that we've got as well I did two other podcasts recently, Uh, one was called Why It Doesn't Make Sense to to Boycott Hogwarts Legacy, so just getting into some of the JK Rowling stuff and what's going on with that, but the main message is to support the developers and other things like that. I did another episode that was called uh, Call of Duty, How Activision Almost Killed Their um, Cash Cow, getting into what's happened with COD in the last year or so uh, with the development of Vanguard and Black Ops Cold War and... How uh, studio mismanagement at Activision nearly kind of killed that franchise. Which seems strange because Vanguard was the best-selling game of last year. But uh, yeah, it could have led to a, a lot worse. But I uh, talked about that. Uh did another film review for a film that I wasn't aware of until I pressed play on it. Because it's a Netflix film and it's called Windfall. Uh, you can go and watch that on the platform. I really, really enjoyed that. gave that one of my musty ratings as well. Um... Did another film review recently uh, one was for uh, don't skip review for the adam project another netflix film which i was aware of before i went to press play on it um that stars ryan Reynolds, and that's a really really fun film so that's uh that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org you can find us as well on, on your favorite podcast platforms uh by searching for entertainment talk uh, also man united come back uh, this saturday half past five think we're away to Leicester, which won't be an easy game because none of them are. Uh, so look out for the return of the United cast on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> uh, before we get into the recap, I've got some uh, good news. So this is the one, one of the podcasts at the moment which requires me to scroll through my notes. I've got a new mouse. so <laughs> And uh, the, the, the scrolling is a lot, lot better, so I shouldn't have any problems this week uh, doing that. The mouse is a little bit bigger, but um, the main obviously solution is that I can actually scroll properly so shouldn't have any problems this week, which is which is good. Um also got a new pair of earphones in so I can hear David better as well. Good. So alright, uh, let's get into the rotten core recap. Got a bit of a different sort of um recap this week. We haven't got a sort of clear, cold, open. I've just got the start of the the opening paragraph here. Again, this is from T V line from uh Charlie Mason. So uh good stuff over there. Um Picking up where Warlords left off, the Rotten Core wasted little time making an un- unlikely team of Maggie, Gabriel, Aaron, Elijah, Lydia, Negan, and Annie. Annie is his well wife, apparently. Yes. Energy. So, um, who turned out to be uh, the reformed villain's wife? Uh, and it says here in bracket, and one far happier about it than say Sherry was, because remember he used to have his wives back in the um, yes. It's it called the Sanctuary, I think that place was called. Yes. Been a while, um, which is still around in the comic book by the way so um there we go in the secret room of um an apartment accessible only through a closet door um done a few of those these this season had like the um medical cabinet thing earlier in the season where they were trying to hide from um one of the reapers i can't remember his name he died a while ago uh so they've done a few of those things this season they decided to split up and sweep the building to round up anyone that Carlson and the troopers hadn't yet slaughtered. So kind of doing this, like, stealth mission sort of thing. So, again, continuing right from the end of last week's episode. Um, but they'd, uh, scarcely gotten, uh, started when Negan spotted through a window a trooper with a stowaway from Maggie's truck. Uh, Herschel, in no time, um, the Savior's former leader, had brutally dispatched the trooper before the, uh, Moppet's eyes, um... At the same time, Annie was revealing to Maggie. We should talk about that bit in in a minute, actually. Um, yeah, so a pretty decent start. They're kind of going around and sorting out some of these soldiers. Uh, there's a few different like passages of doors and things. Um, and it was good to see, because I think I mentioned last week when we had the little flirting scene between Lydia and Elijah. And I was talking about Lydia, Elijah, and Princess, and how they hadn't quite had enough screen time. Mm -hmm. um this was a good way to sort of solve that because you're essentially putting them with some of the biggest characters in the show so like i I think at this point we can say gabriel and erin are pretty main characters yeah uh elijah lydia still kind of side characters somewhat and obviously negan and maggie being very very big characters um so yeah putting them in a group is kind of the hilltop group because it's like the only people left from the hilltop Um, so that was, that was pretty good. Um, I'm beginning to like Annie more as well. She seems kind of interesting. I tried not to look at her as like a, as like a second tier Michonne. And the only reason I kind of thought that is because when we saw her last week, I was like, oh, she looks a lot like Michonne with slightly different styled hair. She's still got sort of long black hair, but they're not the, the dreads or whatever. Um, but she just looked a lot like Michonne when we saw her last week. Um, but obviously (laughs) <laughs> the thing that I think that majorly different differentiates them is uh, the marriage here to to Negan, because uh, obviously Michonne would never do that, mm-hmm. uh, which would make no sense. Um, so yeah, I'm beginning to like Annie more as a character as I as I was able to sort of you know look at her as her, her own kind of character and stuff, which was cool. um Whether or not she'll make it out of the series, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a decent little action start to the episode. What did you kind of think? And what do you think of this uh, little group we've got here?
1: Yeah. Um, sort of picking up where we left off, really. Um, the, the I thought the, the sort of Heidi rooms that they had in the building were, were quite cool. It's interesting to see this version of Negan. And, oh, you know, as we go on to see in that conversation with Annie and Maggie, um, Negan he's a very changed man at this point from the version that we previously, mm-hmm. you know, saw who was the guy that was running the saviors. He is a very different person at this point. Um, you know, and he's been open with Annie about his past and yeah, that so that's a sort of interesting relationship to, to see kind of grow there. Um, you know, um and I'd be very intrigued to see where they go with that and how that moves forward, you know, and if Annie survives or if they've introduced a killer off and, you know, upset Negan in
0: some way. We'll see. Uh Yeah, that that is a way that they could use the character, I hope not. Um I hope that they don't do that. I know you're saying just in terms of a possibility, but yeah. um I hope that they don't do that. that, because that can sometimes be a bit tropey of like, hey we're gonna kill off the female character to further the male's character story um especially when it comes to like relationship type of stuff so mm. um we shall see but uh do you kind of agree that it's good to see i, I mean i know we kind of had have had elijah with the group but we got elijah and lydia uh, and um lydia here um and them having bits of dialogue as well in here is, is quite good for those, rather than just kind of leaving yeah. them at the hilltop, so... Yes, yeah.
1: it's, it's <clears throat> nice to see the actually at and about and actually having something to do. I mean, I know they are kind of secondary characters, but... It is nice to give them a little bit more screen time and have them actually do something this episode, which has been good. Uh, Mm. I mean, it's always a problem with a show like this when you've got so many characters to deal with and there are some very clear leads in those characters. So, I mean, that's, you know, we've had this problem where you've had people just disappear for entire episodes and, Mm. you know, who are major characters. So... You know, I I think they they balance it as best they can, but it's nice to see them out and about and give a bit more this week, so that was mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I, they do a great job of making Carlson seem like a complete lunatic this episode <laughs> as well, It's sort of you know definitely a man on a mission. But you weren't sorry when the uh, the events of the later part of the episode transpire.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a quick turn, wasn't it? So um at the same time Annie was revealing to Maggie that she was 12 weeks pregnant and uh yes she knew about her her husband's past she had uh one herself um all I can do now said Annie is try to be better just like him which wasn't um much comfort to Maggie when she learned that um he had her son uh if anything happens to him she warned I'll have um to ha- It'll have to, sorry, happen to me first, Negan promised. And then we move on to the um, Herschel scene in a minute as well. Um, There's a bit of dialogue in here as well that um, it's within what uh, Annie is talking about. And she's kind of saying about, like, we've all done bad stuff. And kind of like that's how it is in this world. And I love that, because I can't remember the last time a character spoke about doing violent things in this type of world because I've said on multiple different podcasts this one and many of the other zombie related things that I've reviewed um about how when people are doing things like hurting each other and killing each other and those sorts of things and obviously in the real world you know when you look at violence and stuff and there's different different angles different contexts to violence and stuff but in basically what I'm saying is in this world the, the one that obviously we live in as opposed to the ones that the characters live in which is this completely different sort of society and like survival type of thing you have to look at the world through a different lens mm-hmm. um in terms of like just for example if like if um maggie uh spots carlson with i'm going to use the bottle of water example again because that's an interesting one to do um if carlson's got like so if carlson's group's got supplies for example and maggie sees that he has she's not going to turn around and say like oh i'll let carlson have those supplies my kids don't need them you know whatever um whereas in the real world you know those i mean obviously people get you know robbed and and that sort of stuff but in the real world when you want supplies you go and buy them from a shop obviously that's how our world works and you know it's wrong to go obviously into a shop and kill somebody and take the supplies whereas um the world doesn't work like that in, in this, unless you're talking about the Commonwealth, which in this situation you're not, because they're out in the wild, if you want to call it that. And if Carlson's got supplies that Maggie's group needs, and Maggie's group in our eyes is the hero group, the, the main group that we're following, if she decides to kill Carlson for whatever reason, um, you know, if if it is for supplies that has to be looked at as different because that's not sort of like oh my god Maggie killed Colson kind of thing for supplies it's like no she killed the bad guy to help her family survive um and the way that Ann, Annie is talking about that in this scene of kind of things are a bit different you know in, in the world that we live in now I thought that was so sort of spot on and leans towards something I've been saying about how this world would kind of work as opposed to our one obviously in the real world people do commit crimes and kill people for stuff and Whatever, and obviously that's illegal and wrong, um but in this world it isn't, so I've heard to be talking about Negan like that and saying about how how doing bad things is different because um, in Negan's eyes, when he killed Glenn and Abraham, he was doing it to protect his group, and because um Rick's group had killed members mm-hmm. of his group, so in Negan's eyes, it was correct thing to do um whereas in the real world, if that happened, you would go to the police, maybe, <laughs> but there yeah. is no police in this world. Um although maybe you would maybe you would go to somebody's house and just just kill them. Um, I don't know. But uh you what, what do you kinda of think of all this? What would you yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean that is yeah, I mean that's true. There are different rules in this in this mm-hmm. world, uh very much so. Um the uh I I just think that the sort of relationship between Agni and Maggie is kind of interesting because you've got one woman who understandably, you know, in Maggie, very difficult to forgive Negan when, you know, she was there when he butchered her husband. So you've got that. And that's a very tough thing to be able to try and forgive. But then you've got Annie who, you know, says, well, we've all got a past and, um, you know, he's told me what his is and I still love him anyway um you know we've got to try and move past it so yeah it's sort of quite interesting that and understandably that's going to be intriguing to see where that relationship between Maggie and Negan ends up well we kind of know where it ends up because they end up in Manhattan together
0: but uh... They, they for some reason walk off together instead of her, instead of Negan going off with Annie yeah yeah um so they got which, a lot of explaining to do with they got more explaining to do with that than they do with Daryl's character yeah I mean so.
1: unless unless Annie is of course with them as well I mean that is a possibility maybe she ends up being a bridge between the two maybe she ends up getting killed off and that's uh-huh. part of the reason yeah. that the two of them end up going together uh, I, I mean clearly the the relationship between Maggie and Negan may be strained but they're going to end up on a show together, so you know we'll we'll see. Um, I, one one of the things which Maggie doesn't seem to realize, though, is that um, the kids generally are pretty safe with Negan. I mean, it's one thing that Negan has been very, very consistent about throughout the entire thing is protecting the children in the show as much as he possibly can.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so you know when. You, though obviously maggie's like worried about it um for, as a viewer point of view you know the kids are much safer with negan probably than any other character on the show pretty much mm. yeah because yeah. he he will literally as he says you know it, if anything happens to him and he replies with it'll happen to me first um so you know he he will put his life on the line for the kids so uh,
0: yeah mm. yeah so anyway, speaking of kids, uh back in the hiding place, Herschel uh deduced, I think that says, that Negan was his father's killer. Um I think it's kind of yeah, obvious, but um uh, he works that out and uh, has trained a gun on him. Negan admitted that he had indeed murdered Glenn and maybe deserved to die himself. But all the other people hiding out. They didn't. And if Herschel pulled the trigger. Carlson and co. Would know where they were. So the kid uh, turned over the weapon to Lydia. At which point Negan actually. um says he appeared to, appeared to shed a tear. I didn't quite see that myself. But apparently that's what's written here. So Um yeah, this is a pretty good scene. We do have an email about this later as well. Um, so we'll get to some of that stuff. Um. It's interesting seeing, because when you're looking at the way Herschel's handling this gun, obviously as a kid, it kind of reminded me of, um, there's a couple of scenes in Telltale's Walking Dead Season 1, uh, when obviously you've got the younger version of Clementine, and Lee's teaching her how to shoot, and one of the issues that uh, Clementine's got, obviously because she's a, a kid, is handling the weight of the gun, or just mm-hmm. handling the gun itself. Uh, obviously it's just a pistol and not something that would shoot you back like a shotgun, you know if Herschel was holding a dub, double barrel shotgun and he let that off he'd fly back into the wall um, yeah. so would Clementine obviously Um. so probably would I maybe <laughs> but um. Uh. But yeah it's interesting to see him kind of handling this gun and stuff Um. I, I wonder because obviously, well, obviously they're not real guns, they're props and stuff like that but um, I wonder what they did in terms of if they gave the gun any weight or if they just said to the actor like can you sort of shake this about a bit or 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 something i'm I'm curious about how it would have maybe gone but it kind of reminded me of that um in that when you're playing as uh clementine in first season sorry when you're playing as lee in the first season and you're trying to tell clementine about like breathing in and you know that sort of stuff um that's it's kind of a similar sort of thing so that was interesting um yeah, is it is the way the way he was kind of waving that gun around, I was like, this gun might go off by accident. But then, because it was pointed at his head so much of the time, I'm like, this gun can't go off, at least not to his head, because he's got a spin-off. And part of me was kind of wondering, because I kept thinking he might shoot the gun accidentally. That's what I was mm-hmm. sort of thinking. And I was like, okay, what about if the gun goes down slightly and he hits him in the shoulder or something? Uh, obviously, none of that happened, and it was just a interesting bit of dialogue. Um... But yeah, it's, it's Negan like kind of giving in here a bit and not trying to lie to the kid and saying yeah, I I I killed your dad and you know says what he says and everything. Um, obviously Herschel's in the state that he's in, so I thought it was one of the one of the better scenes of the episode. But it's still got that problem of this guy's got a spinoff coming up, and not that I thought Herschel would have shot him anyway. I just thought the gun could have gone off by accident, you know. Um. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty good scene. Um, but I liked the, I suppose, the script choice in terms of why he can't shoot him. Because we know the plot reasons to why we, he can't shoot him. Because Negan's got a spin-off. But um, the the reason they give to Negan is like, hey, I know you want to do this. If you want to do it later, like, I, I think he says to him, like, we can do, sort this out later. Um, but like, hey, we you've got people here that we both kind of love and stuff. Like, your mum's here and, and all that sort of thing. And these innocent people are here, so if you shoot the gun, it'll be like an alarm, basically. Mm-hmm. So I thought the scene was pretty good, it just kinda lacked that bit of true tension. Um but then again, even if Negan doesn't have a spin off, I doubt this is how you take him out of the story. Well, it's just I... kind of I I, I dunno. <laughs> it it was it was a funny thing to Yeah.
1: See. I, I can envisage a point where they maybe would have you, you you could have had a situation where it was herschel that shot negan uh, i mean as i say we knew it wasn't going to happen here because you know we know he's got the spin off coming so that sort of rather ruined that and but had they not been in that sort of desperate situation say they'd been out in a in a field somewhere and not somewhere where shooting a gun would like you know inform everybody in the building where they were Mm -hmm. had they been out in a field somewhere and Negan for whatever reason had come across Herschel and Herschel had got a gun on him and figured out that you know that was the guy that killed his dad that actually I could see as you know Herschel shooting you know the kid shooting Negan as being a way of ending Negan's story um I mean, I I could see that as, as being a valid way of, you know, and a really relatively sort of full circle, satisfying way of, of rounding out Negan's story as a way of killing him off, not in this particular setting, And I didn't think, but, you know, had that been somewhere else and then, you know, he would have, Herschel had the freedom to actually take the shot without potentially killing everybody else in the building. Um, I, I would have been okay with that had that been the way that they'd taken Negan out because I think it, it rounds out you know it brings that story full circle as the kid of the man you murdered ends up killing the murderer um, I mean I'm glad it didn't but mm-hmm. uh, I, you know if if that had gone down that way I, I would have been okay with them taking Negan off the board like that um, hmm. but yeah it was a uh, a good scene, though. I mean, you know, as, as I say, as you said, it lacks a little bit of tension because we kind of know that Negan survives. So,
0: yeah. The only other thing that could have happened is like he shoots the—I don't know what was behind Negan, whether it was a window or a wall—but he shoots like the window behind him or something. Um, yeah,
1: but then you've got the same problem of of it alerts the building and yeah. yeah. So I didn't—I yeah, mean, but, I didn't think the gun was going to go off.
0: Right, but then you don't harm the character that's got a spin-off coming out.
1: So. Well, yeah, but. Yeah. But you've still got the the other plot problem then of, of the fact that he's just alerted the whole building. So,
0: mm-hmm. yep. So, uh, speaking of the villain called Carlson, later Carlson took a break from eyeballing a bottle of whiskey, uh, like um, he was Sue Ellen Ewig. I don't understand that reference. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's a Dallas or Dynasty reference, I can't, uh, remember, okay. which is one of those. Yes.
0: Mm. Dallas is the f- show with the famous f- shower scene, isn't it?
1: um yes was that dallas yeah 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 dallas dallas is the one with the shower scene yes where they they wiped the entire season as being a dream sequence yes so it is (laughs) dallas because because that was bobby ewing so it is dallas yes
0: (laughs) okay okay how long was that season of tv
1: uh it was was a full season of tv it would have been like 24 episodes that they turned into a dream sequence
0: jesus (laughs) Uh anyway, uh he's doing that long enough to uh, come to this close at uh, finding a secret room, but in the nick of time, he was distracted by the sounds uh from um up on the roof. Uh Gabriel and Aaron Gabriel and Aaron um as Carlson uh speechified at them rather than simply um blow them away. Elijah snuck up behind his guards and presto uh chango, uh, suddenly, Carlson was begging for his life. Very quick. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you're, 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 uh, your your circumstances change. He plead. Uh, his pleas fell on uh, deaf ears. However, Aaron shot him off the roof, and left his rea- reanimated um, victims down below to chow down. Um, thought it was very interesting the way he died because, of course, everybody that he kicks off the roof apparently ended up in the same spot or something. But well, um, yeah.
1: That, well that's yeah. sort of either that or they did like the guards down below and piled them up or something but
0: uh yes yeah yeah but i I kind of when i saw that i was like didn't they get kicked off of different parts of the roof and no, then no, they, the...
1: they were all kicked off through that same gap pretty much i mean like next to each other but they're all pretty much in the same area so okay.
0: that's not unreasonable hmm. um anyway they're in a the pile and so they all died from their fall didn't they uh, or at least got injured enough to where they died maybe later. Yeah, because um, I think that I think the first one that we saw get kicked off died straight away, um, and then a few of the others did. But anyway, they're all reanimated, and he lands so that he doesn't die straight away. But he's obviously probably got some broken bones and is you know on death's door. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, he's <clears throat> laying there helpless against all the people that he kicked off the roof, um, and then. Yeah, you get the scene where the zombies basically just climb on top of him. I thought, because I was kind of thinking, there's a lot of ways you could, like, this guy's dead. Okay, so there's lots of ways that you could kill him off. Obviously, Aaron could shoot him in the head. He'd still fall off the roof. You've got an opportunity to use the falling off the roof as a as a tool, um, as, like, a point of his death. As opposed to just shooting him in the head on the roof, and then that's it. And he just falls falls there and, and dies. Um, this was one of the better ways to do it, because you still get Aaron getting the satisfi- satisfaction of shooting him. Um, and then he falls off, doesn't quite die, so doesn't, like, sort of splat his head and and, and die. And then, yeah, the people that he'd done wrong by, um, get to get the chance to eat yeah. him. No, yeah, exactly. so I, I, I think yeah. it worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, options and stuff that you can use there, so that was, um... That was quite good. I, um, it was a Desert Eagle, by the way, that the Carlson was using. I think. I think uh, Aaron picks up his gun, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is the one that's on Call of Duty, but it's, it's quite a, a known gun, isn't it? So, anyway, um, yeah. What do you think of uh, Carlson's yeah. death? I, I was quite happy with with this. Thought oh yeah, cool. I,
1: I, yeah, I'm very happy with this. I love that. I love the sort of you know shot, um, getting a just sort of the same treatment that he gave the other people by falling mm-hmm. off the roof and then getting eaten by the people he murdered i just a really really good end for that character um i also kind of think you know uh, aaron channel channeling rick once again because that was such a rick thing to do
0: yeah yeah <laughs> you
1: know pissed off rick if that was a sort of pissed off rick on that roof he would have like literally just like blown him away i mean it was exactly what rick would have done I think, in that situation. So yeah, very much Aaron channeling Rick, I think, again there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh well what Rick would have done is turn his body slightly to the side, cock his head to the side a little bit in Rick style. Yeah. And, and get his uh, six shooter out and yeah. shoot him that way. So Yeah,
1: well, yes. But mm-hmm. it, basically the same sort of Yeah, yeah, pretty much um, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I, I thought that was a really good end to uh, Carlson, who was a nasty piece of work and it's <laughs> Yeah, it was good to see you go down that way, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and your poetic justice being eaten by the people that you've murdered, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, it was good to, to to see it play out that way. Um, but yeah, Aaron's become an interesting kind of Rick-Aaron hybrid, uh, which, yeah. is, which has worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. I mean, they the show has kind of got to a point where it's lost a lot of characters and it's kind of stuck things onto other characters, which has been kind of interesting um but no it was a, it was a good end for him and i suppose I, and i think uh because we kind of speculated about like okay this, is, this seems like a uh, a two-parter kind of thing especially the way the yeah. previous episode ended and you think like okay you have to get rid of carlson in this episode um and then kind of just move on to because there's the commonwealth thing that's attached to this which is it's kind of strange that they've used kind kind of interesting as well that they've used commonwealth characters so lance for a tv story um mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of has tied into the commonwealth because it's it's been all about like lance as a character and who he actually is and and this sort of thing um but it didn't directly include any commonwealth comic book stories so i actually quite like the way that, that played out and carlson was a decent enough sort of like you knew he wasn't going to be the main season villain in, and you knew that lance is basically the bigger villain so you just get this little two episode part of that but then while all that's happening even though it is an original tv plot we still learn more about lance as a character and obviously they've got their partnership and stuff so um i thought it worked out pretty well i'm I'm glad that this didn't last because back if this was not to bring up scott gimble again but uh i think if this was a scott gimble thing um uh carlson probably would have survived till episode 16 (laughs) And could have used that as like an end of season point as opposed to, no, we're going to cut this off slightly shorter. And then I'm guessing probably do something with to use this to further Lance and then do something with Lance by episode 16. So you do it in, you do it in stages. That's got a better pacing to it and you get rid of the lesser important villain before that. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was quite good. Um, Do you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. What? Gimbal would have done, I suspect. So
0: Yeah, yeah. just remember that that's a guy who took two one one or two comic book volumes and used thirty two episodes on it. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um back in the Commonwealth Sebastian, who's a very nice person, uh already uh a a lock for most um heinous character He's... of the year, yeah. right? Um, I think we can agree with that. I mean, Joffrey's not on TV anymore. so Uh, Threatened uh, Daryl and Rosita into breaking into a rich um, old buddy's um, daddy's panic room uh, to get into an area, basically, to clean out the vault... um, since Mummy had cut off the Brat's allowance, uh, why didn't um, his guards just do it? They couldn't shoot, apparently. So they are oh, stormtroopers. Yes! <laughs> I thought of that immediately. There's got to be some sort of Easter egg as well I, I, toward, I, I, towards stormtroopers, because well, obviously they yeah. can't shoot in Star Wars. So. Yeah. um. They couldn't shoot; it would attract attention. But since Sebastian knew Darrell and Rosita could get the job done without gunfire, however reluctantly the duo accepted the challenge. Because initially is like, "No, I'm not doing it," and then he kind of threatens the kids, which Daryl yeah. is not happy about. Only to discover that they weren't the first people um to who Sebastian uh, had assigned the task. He'd previously offered the poor cut of a um of the money if they um sorry weren't the first people Sebastian had assigned the task he previously offered the um, poorer cut of the money if they did it so like a a very very small cut of it Daryl gets handed this like very small bit of cash out of this whole bag and unfortunately soul uh, an unfortunate soul April who we meet had been trapped in the panic room for ages she does say a long time she doesn't specify how long but you can tell it's been a while as you'd expect of Daryl and Rosita. They make short work of the job. Yeah there were some glitches. Like a noisy alarm. They had drawn a bunch of walkers. But they were going. Um, but they were going to smear themselves with guts. And casually walk out. Uh, as a shoplifter might from the corner store. And then we continue with that in a little bit. Um, yeah kind of an interesting. I know I give Daryl's character some criticism and stuff. And I'm looking for more like. Character development. For a, t- for a character that's been on the TV for 11 seasons. Um who's only sort of changed was season one to two and that was kind of mostly it um i did like the reaction here from daryl at least i thought it made sense that one of them did something yeah and given that we know daryl can be a hothead at certain points with the negan scene um Mm -hmm. you know with uh kind of getting glenn killed and stuff um yeah him kind of saying like, no i'm just i'm not Doing this, and I thought, oh, finally, Daryl's doing something a little bit more rebellious. Because, as I've kind of said a few times, to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Apart from the kids' side of things, like protecting the kids, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that Daryl would follow orders in the way that he does. But I suppose this was a way to bring it back around, of like Daryl's actually trying to go against it, which is more of what I thought he was going to be doing. But Sebastian, kind of, he doesn't say he's going to hurt the kids or kill them. He just says he can make life a bit more difficult for them um but and then daryl kind of retaliates and obviously he's got you know guards with with guns there um it's one of the more interesting things daryl has kind of done and i'm glad that rosita or daryl said something and i think out of the two of them it does make sense for daryl to do that more um maybe seeing as we know he's kind of done that before i mean Rosita's kind of done that a couple of times Um, so there was that scene in the... I'm just trying to think of rebellious things that Rosita's done. I remember, um, was his name Spencer? You know, the one that Negan cut the guts out of? And like, hey, you do have guts thing. If you remember that scene from season seven or eight, one of those seasons. And Negan was doing his, like, taunting thing. And Rosita went to shoot Negan, like, in the middle of Alexandria with everybody there. Yeah. And then it hit Negan's bat. Um that's kind of an example of when she's done that um mm. and both things are kind of human reactions to things you know um but anyway what do you kind of think of the scene what do you think of daryl's actions and whatnot here
1: yeah i mean it, this certainly very in character for for daryl to fly off like that and i mean sebastian is a horrible awful like Joffrey-esque character. Uh, I don't think he's quite as bad as Joffrey because I don't think anybody's quite as bad as Joffrey, but he is certainly up there. Um, Yeah, horrible bratty. I mean, you know, he's killed. What It comes out uh, being about 30 people. They've killed just for him to try and get this money out of, you know, uh, because he's had his allowance cut off. Um, I mean, I just just what awful awful character. So, I mean, whilst I didn't think Daryl was would actually kind of get away with killing him there, it's like well, no, no. You, you know, I I suspect Sebastian's got to be ending up dead by the end of this. You would think, um, you know, whether it's in this bit or whether it's in the next bit, he's gonna he can't survive until the end of the series, um. <clears throat> So yeah, and and it is sort of Rosita that eventually goes, well look, if that if all you want us to do is cover ourselves in guts and go and walk in just, fine, we'll do it, you know. And Sebastian does also sort of say you know, well, well, well I wasn't talking about killing the kids, I'm just thinking I can make it easier or more difficult for them. Um, so yeah, and I, again this comes back to Daryl I think a lot of what he's doing, is to try and protect the kids and make a better life for them. So, you know, mm.
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah, I, it was, a, it was an interesting little scene and, and the kind of getting in there and then discovering what was going on. I found that all sort of, you know, the fact that they discover that there's not the first people to have been sent in there. And there is like, they've obviously Sebastian's killed a bunch more doing it. So, mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I suppose it's interesting you do bring up Joffrey as a good example, obviously, and kind of Ramsay. Um, is it Ramsay Bolton? Ramsay Bolton from, from, yeah. from Game of Thrones. That's a bit of a different one because with with Sebastian and with Joffrey, you've kind of got the mother side of things. Yeah, where they're spoiled. The mother, brats, you know, you've got um, name, Cersei. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got Cersei from Game of Thrones, and she's trying to kind of like her and Tyrion, and you know, all the other people from Game of Thrones are trying to keep Joffrey in line in the show um and and some other characters but um like lance doesn't really care that much about sebastian but pamela's trying to sort of keep him out of trouble i suppose which which is not working but um i suppose obviously the cool the interesting differences between them is like joffrey because you like if you annoy joffrey he's gonna have he's gonna enjoy killing you whereas sebastian will get somebody else to do it because he's like in terms of his uh, physical threat is more incompetent than, than Joffrey. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, um, I actually with Joffrey, I think he would have gotten, you know, I mean, Joffrey was kind of weak as well. I mean, they are very similar in mm, times of, he just put a
0: crossbow of... in you or
1: something. Well, he might yeah. do. Yeah. But I mean, I, only if he had the upper hand, you know, which is the same as Sebastian. I mean, they are very uh-huh. similar in that way. The biggest difference is actually the mothers because Sebastian's mother is trying to keep him on this, in, in, on a, Straight line, you know, she mm-hmm. understands he is a bit of a spoiled brat, but you know, she's cut off his allowance. I, d- I think she'd be horrified if she actually discovered that he'd been doing this. Um, whereas Cersei would have been more sort of, well, he's my son, he can do what he likes. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the difference, I think. You know, this, this. Uh, th- the mother, I mean, obviously something's gone wrong in the parenting process in both cases. But um, in, in this case, I, I don't yeah. think it's because the mother herself is evil. Whereas with Cersei, it was, you know. Um, so I, I I, think if she, I, I don't know what she'll do if she discovers that this is what he's been doing. Um, it's more the other people around him that are worried about upsetting the the sort of balance of things, and you know, o- almost worried about upsetting the mother, and therefore, or you know, her them saying Sebastian did this, and her not believing them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that that Sebastian could be quite that evil. So they could only really do it with proof. Plus, I mean, the person that's really protecting him at the moment is um uh what's the other guy's name that no lance, no, lance. Oh. Yeah, no not mercer the mercer very much not really protecting him but the other and, yeah I mean, well even mercer is to a certain extent actually you're right uh but i mean lance but Then he, the he'd, he'd probably
0: he, get in trouble if he didn't so
1: exactly you yeah know? and he understands that sebastian is he's, he's kind of untouchable at the moment but he's only untouchable because I don't think the mother realises quite how bad he is I I give the mother the benefit of the doubt at this point that that she doesn't realise quite the heinous things he's got up to whereas with Joffrey, Cersei knew exactly what Joffrey was and there were one or two occasions where she did try and push him back in line but in most cases she didn't
0: so, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, credit to the credit to the guys playing Sebastian. He's doing a really, really good job and everything. Yeah. yeah, um, I think definitely, and it'd be interesting to meet him in real life because he's probably a really nice person. I'm, <laughs> so. I'm sure he is. Well, it's yeah. yeah. like
1: uh, the the uh, lad, I can't remember his name, but the lad that played uh, Joffrey was a was a you know charming, lovely person. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It's interesting when like you know, because obviously we've seen the Governor on this show, and I went and met um david morrissey about three years ago and he's just a really nice normal <laughs> yeah, person yeah. and it's kind of yeah it, it's just interesting to see the contrast right between yeah, yeah that kind of stuff i've so.
1: interviewed david morrissey he's an absolute sweetheart so yes
0: mm, yeah so which is why they're good at acting because they're good at acting at people that are completely different to them so yes. uh yeah anyway, was really good stuff with, with sebastian there I, I do like seeing sebastian on screen just just to see like I know, what what he's got planned and, and that kind of stuff is very interesting. Uh however, before um before they could try to exit this place, however, um shots rang out. It was Mercer and Carol. She had recruited him to help Daryl when uh Daryl had missed their lunch date, which they had planned. Um finally they all tried to uh stroll out covered in um in guts and stuff, but April, whose uh luck appeared to be bad, only got part of Rosita's uniform. Um she got it snagged on a walker and ended up getting eaten um because we initially see a scene where she gets attacked by walkers and then they really start like trying to attack them quite quickly to yeah yeah they're,
1: they're sort of you know that she gets snagged starts to panic they all start to turn on her um that ends up with the entire group kind of going oh screw it we're gonna they, they know yeah. we're here and and trying to take out the whole group and in some point in that sort of home relay it ends up you know they they wipe out the ones that are in the room uh, and then they turn around and find that april's dead on the floor so
0: yeah yeah because her guts were like pulled out um as well so i i thought that was an interesting turn because like one minute she's kind of um i don't mean this in a bad way at all i just kind of analyzing the thing um like you see her get into a scuffle, the camera cuts away slightly, you're kinda of wondering if she's okay. So that's a small part of tension. I know she's kind of a red shirt character and stuff, but mm-hmm. um and then that like the group's trying to cut through them and you're like quick, quick, you gotta get there and then they, they didn't manage to. So yeah. um April seemed like kind of an interesting character. Um and I know she's kind of a red shirt and she's there for her purpose and stuff, but um I don't know, she seemed like one of the one of the better people and i i kept sort of suspecting because i was watching the way that they were moving around in that room and stuff and and i was like can you actually trust this april person she might have lied about something because you know you never know with these random survivors and i was i was kind of looking at the way that again they were moving around in the room and i was like okay rosita and daryl shouldn't be turning their back to her um because she may I, i just had the suspicion she may try something but she turned out not to to do that so yeah, kind of unlucky that she got that she got caught. So, um, but that went up happening. Uh, once Daryl Rosita and Carol had met up with Sebastian's guards, um, they'd uh, gleefully revealed how many people had been sent in to try to retrieve the loot. Uh, Mercer shot them both in the head <laughs> I actually laughed when that happened yeah. um, he had no tolerance for that uh, kind of BS um, nevertheless he said that Daryl and Rosita would still have to pay Sebastian uh, fighting him was a losing battle which is the problem isn't it so um, I'll go on to the next scene in, in a minute um, yeah I kind of laughed a little bit when, cause oh, these, yeah. gu- th- these guards are like hey we got the money and we didn't do anything and we just sort of stood here and waited and Mercer's like nah nah um and i i I, as soon as he did that i was sort of like yeah it's a very mercer thing to to kind of do um just yeah kind of made me laugh a little bit what do you think of um him killing those two guards?
1: oh yeah absolutely the right thing to do i mean mercer is essentially the boss of the guards and you've got these two guards that are like clearly clearly corrupt and Mm. So yeah, executing them seemed like a perfectly valid thing to do. If you know, because you can't trust those two. So what use are they? You know, if you're the leader of the guards and you've got two guards you clearly can't trust and are only going to take orders from Sebastian, and are prepared to do that in front of their boss because they think they're like Teflon and completely like protected by Sebastian. If you're Mercer, absolutely shoot them both in the head because what use are they you know i mm. mean they're, they're corrupt they were prepared to let their boss and two other people die and they'd sent like 30 other people in previously to get murdered so yeah i no, absolutely the right thing to do I, I i i did laugh when when that happened I, I thought yeah absolutely what what you should do Mercer. so well um, yes all good definitely
0: Mm. Speaking of turning your back to people as well, you've, you don't turn your back to Mercer in that kind of situation. No. So, um, but yeah. Plus the other, the other thing, not only would they have gotten away with it, they also would have probably gotten some of the money, and yeah. they didn't earn any of it at all. No. So, um good stuff. Uh, then, as the hour drew to a close, uh, Carol paid a visit to Lance, who didn't have, uh, who didn't hide the fact that he'd known uh, what Sebastian was up to um he his victims um put themselves in a bad situation, argued the politician either um either through stupid um choices or an unwillingness to play by the rules um carol uh ever the um consummate consummate actress, actress uh, seemed to make him believe that in in her he'd um found a kindred spirit uh someone who understood and because you kind of see with the camera shot that um when she turns away from him and walks <laughs> yeah. away, she she gives a particular look. So, um, you kind of got to give it to Lance a little bit. I mean, he's he's got his he's a bit more of a. I mean, I think Gus Fring's a better character, definitely, but he's got that Gus Fring thing about him, as to he'll get other people to kind of do his dirty work, which is these guards and Sebastian and sending in Daryl and Rosita and stuff like that. But, um, he's got away with words certainly, and a way of sort of which obviously is a it's a politician's kind of thing. You know, if you, if you ask a politician a question, they won't answer it. They'll give you some alternate kind of thing, um, which obviously we've seen happen a bunch on, on news and stuff. Um, kind of reminded me of, uh, of that, where Carol's clearly trying to get him to talk about What's gone on? And he sort of twists it in a way of like, oh, they they kind of put themselves there. Like it wasn't my fault. They they put themselves there mm-hmm. as to not take the blame, which again is what politicians like to do. Yeah. So um, I thought it was kind of cool though to to see him continue to be cunning in this way. Um, because it's kind of a a quality about the character, I suppose. I mean, sure, Lance should die at some point, but you know, um is quite cool so uh what do you think of the carol and the lance scene here and him being a very politician political mm-hmm. politician
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it is a very politician kind of and it's a great performance from uh melissa as well we, like mm. that that turn at the end where she's yeah you, know, you see happy smiley carol suddenly turning to kick ass you're going to die carol like yeah. as she turns away from him towards you know and you see her face on the camera um it, and the way she doesn't carol doesn't react even though he does very it's sort of matter-of-factly um the way you know because she's having it said oh i had to help my friends out you know they were sent by sebastian in to, to go and get this money and he's sort of probing to see whether he kind of knows and you know lance doesn't react by going oh my god that's terrible he reacts by going oh thank god about time you know um basically that's finally over so from lance's point of view i don't he didn't really agree with what sebastian was doing but it was much easier just to let sebastian do it and Sort of sign off on him murdering 30 people to try and get this money out uh-huh. than it was to um, actually try and go up against him or go and tell his mother that this is what he's doing, you know. Because, again, also, I mean, we've as we said before, it, it doesn't really serve Lance's purpose to do the mother any favors because he seems to be plotting a coup as far as we can tell. So mm-hmm yeah that was a really i love that scene I think it was a really nice you know just carol keeping a composure not reacting um and actually sort of seemingly play lads and sort of uh you know it's it's nice to nice to be able to talk to somebody that sees the bigger picture and this sort of stuff and yeah, yeah. um i i i really like that scene i thought it was it was very well done from both of them and and just it was just the matter-of-fact way of like lance sort of revealing that he knew all about it without actually really saying it of just sort of going oh thank god that's over
0: <laughs> yeah. you know
1: don't have to yeah. deal with petty bs anymore you know um yeah, yeah. so yeah but it's mm. it really really good
0: mm. Kind of reminded me of those things on the news where like somebody would say to Boris, for example, like, Hey, what are you doing about COVID cases or something? And instead of saying, This is what we're doing, it'd say something like, Oh, we're putting in the work to do this and that and <laughs> you'd be like, Just answer the question Yeah. <laughs> so, uh politicians, eh? Um uh, it's cool to have one on the show that's obviously a fictional character that we're not angry. Towards um, (laughs) is is, kind of cool and again something a bit different from what we've had before i mean governor yeah there was probably some political stuff in there and obviously the whisperers were a very different group and negan was a different character but this is like a polo you know a full on politician kind of person so um just you know something different from the whisperers which is good so uh kirkman managed to keep it fresh i think so this is all kind of yeah from from his brain (laughs) so even though he's suing the network Uh, um, finally before everyone uh, departed the uh, apartment complex Negan um, acknowledged that he uh, and Herschel had unfinished business Um, find him when uh, find him when he was grown Negan told the boy they'd finish it Uh, for their part um, Aaron and Gabriel had to return um, to the Commonwealth Lance would want to know what happened uh, or some version of it anyway but if Ian's people hadn't hijacked the convoy and stolen the guns, um, they all wondered who had, uh, because there's some, like weird thing going on with that. And then we cut to two weeks earlier and a quick scene that revealed that the culprit was none other than Leah, who somehow beat a bunch of guards when she's got like a t shirt on. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a walk, walking dead being the walking dead, so yeah, um, yeah, so interesting kind of continuation thing there with, um. Negan and him because basically what he says to her is like you could can, we, we can sort this out when you like have gotten older kind of thing and yeah Maggie comes back and gives him the dirtiest look of like what did you do to my son yeah <laughs> kind of thing like when when uh she turns around and looks at him um but it's gonna be interesting to, interesting to see you know when Aaron and Gabriel go back to Commonwealth obviously because Maggie doesn't have to and uh, see how that all plays out with lance even what we just saw from the previous scene as well with carol so uh that was an interesting kind of end to the episode with with their parts um i suppose the bigger reveal here is is leah what do you make of leah coming back well i mean
1: yeah i did wonder who they were going to bring in as the character for that um but you know i that explains why they kept leah alive um you know, uh, from a plotting point of view, because we were when Leah kind of ran off and Daryl let her go. It also gets, it makes it sort of interesting as well because it was Daryl's responsibility. Daryl was the one that let her live. And Mm -hmm. as we know from the end, he's now leading this group that turn up on uh, Maggie's doorstep. And as I said, my guess is that Lance once he finds out the that the mess that was caused at the apartment complex, if he discovers that Maggie was there, my guess is he blames he says, Oh Maggie took the guns and blames Maggie for it. And I'm I'm guessing that's why he ends up sending the Commonwealth Army to Maggie's gate, maybe um or or she gets blamed for, for the this sort of murder of the officers and it's seen as an attack in some way. And uh. that's why they're there. Uh but you know, or uh, you know, even if he doesn't out and out say that they took the guns, because of course nobody's supposed to know about these guns because it was this side project thing that Lance is doing, uh. I suspect that Lance thinks she has the guns maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but it turns out that all of this is being caused by Leah and that's daryl's fault again (laughs) you know Mm. so that's gonna come around and bite him i suspect
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it is um bit of a comment book kind of thing so i was kind of looking at the way they were using lear in this episode and i was thinking about it obviously as the credits were rolling or credits were whatever and so i spoke last week about um when i was when i was getting to the end of that the 31st book so the penultimate book and i said about how dwight um who was who's put into the commonwealth as a normal you know citizen and stuff in the Mm -hmm. same way that the others have and he starts this rebellious kind of thing and he gets carried away with it and him and rick have got the same idea which is that there's commonwealth is a decent place to live but there's clearly something wrong going on and rick's saying to dwight about like hey i understand you know what you're thinking and stuff. But let's be patient. Let's think about what we can actually do about this. As opposed to just jumping towards something. Um, what I'm about to say. I don't think contributes towards a spoiler. Mainly because Dwight's not. Well Dwight's on the other show. And if the same thing happens. It'll have to be with a different character. Um So it got to a boiling point. um, Right near the end of the book. Where. um It's Michonne, Rick and Dwight. Who are all in a room. And again the, the three of them because they kind of pull Michonne in and say like hey you've kind of settled in here with your daughter what can we do about our suspicions of the commonwealth that kind of thing and Michonne invites Pamela and two guards round to Michonne because they're in like Michonne's house mm-hmm. uh, that she's got with her daughter her daughter was like somewhere else and she comes in and both Rick and Dwight are like what the hell you didn't tell us that you were inviting Pamela around that could have been you probably should have told us about that and then Dwight completely loses it and actually tries to point a gun at Pamela and is like, "Hey, if you don't like agree with this, I'll shoot you right here." And then Rick has to take a gun out and shoot Dwight, um, like straight in the head, and it's all that, that's that's that finished. Um, I'm wondering, it can't work in exactly the same way because the way Leah's character is in the show is different to Dwight's, mm-hmm. um, because as we've kind of got Daryl and Rick's spot, which is sort of the leader main character. I can't see Daryl letting Leah back into the Commonwealth in the same way that Dwight is. No. But I was I was kind of thinking, because I wonder when they... Because they haven't even... I mean, they've started this, like, background rebellion thing in the show, like, with the, with the posters that Rosita found. But it's different to somebody having a conversation with the main character, like Dwight and Rick do, and Dwight's openly saying to Rick about, like, I'm going to do something, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait. Like, he completely loses his patience, or he doesn't have any patience. He completely just like gets really hot-headed, and is like, I'm going to just try and take over this place. And Rick's saying to him, "Like that's a really stupid thing to do, and he doesn't listen to him. Um, and obviously, if, if Rick lets Dwight shoot Pamela, that would put Moshone and Rick in more trouble, so mm-hmm. Rick has to shoot him. So I wonder if they're doing... Because you've got the rebellious thing kind of going on in the background, but there's no character attached to it. Yeah. I mean, we suspect that Lance is a bit whatever, but it's not the same thing as Dwight. So I wonder if they're going to try and tell that story, but in a different way. But Maybe. eventually you need to put a character on that and reveal who is doing this thing, apart from the is it Tyler, his name was, who was like shouting at the yeah. ball and stuff. But I don't think it will work in the same way. But there's nobody sort of going up to Carol or Ezekiel or daryl and saying like i'm losing my patience in the same way and the way that they're portraying Leah at the end of this episode is as if she's going to try to do something um so what do you kind of think of all that and how do you think that could work in the show because the setup's just different it's a tricky one i mean there is
1: there is obviously some sort of rebellion going on. We don't know mm-hmm. how much Lance is fueling that or whether he's in control of it or not, which is what we were speculating about before. Whether whether he's using them as a useful bunch of people, because um, clearly he's aware that there is a re- you know, revolution sort of. Yeah. And I mean, he seemingly is trying to grab power for himself but it's whether he's directly involved in this sort of grassroots thing or whether he's just using them as a as a useful stepping stone because their goals are kind of aligned at the moment um mm-hmm. it's whether there is another uh, i mean it and this may be what the third part ends up being about is is maybe one of the characters ends up inserting themselves into that revolution more directly because i think it needs to be a main character that does it as to who that is yeah i don't know um mm-hmm. you know i mean it could be aaron it could be gabriel it could be i mean you know um mm-hmm. uh, and as to how they play that out it's very difficult to say but at the moment
0: but um i must wonder if they're going to use maggie for that in some way as like as like she's disagreeing with the commonwealth and yeah but it's more gonna
1: be yeah but maggie's not likely to come into the fold directly you know and she doesn't have any direct connection with the commonwealth really you know push
0: them away as opposed to attacking them i suppose yeah
1: it's not it would need to be somebody on the inside that's maybe doing it Mm -hmm. um so, I mean, there there are a few characters in there that you could potentially use in that way. But, um, you know, I mean, difficult to to know. It, it, at this point, it's not entirely obvious who that might be. But you could still use a variation of that plot line, I think,
0: in there. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, anyway, they're going to, do that if they're going to give that to a specific character, they kind of need to do that by episode sixteen, um because I think the the final part needs to just go all out with whatever that is. So, and part eight, part yeah, part, I part mean, three I, is also think... going to wrap up the show's story, which you've got a lot of characters well still to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't need to sort of massively go into it by episode sixteen. I think you kind of could be nodding towards. I I don't know whether you necessarily need to directly do it by episode 16. You just need to be sort of nodding towards one of the characters getting more involved in, yeah, in like the revolution in some way. Uh, or maybe multiple characters getting involved in some way and, you know, we don't necessarily see which one is going to be the sort of main one that takes it forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think by the end of this arc, you, you will probably see... Either some of the sort of revolutionary stuff coming through, or you're going to get I, it's difficult to tell exactly where they're going to end this because you know you've got Lance, um, still plotting, you've got this seeming sort of uprising brewing, you've got Lance apparently plotting some sort of takeover, you've got this, this battle thing going on with Maggie, um, that that, that you know we saw Daryl at the front of so they've those sort of things certainly the daryl maggie thing i think you are, he's gonna have to Yeah, you know, we're gonna see have to see how we even if they don't resolve that in the final episode of this run of this bit we're gonna have to see how we got to that point mm-hmm. why he's actually there
0: yeah well we've got 10 episodes left now so yeah um it's weird over 100 and something episodes and now we've got uh the the, own, the the lowest of the double digit numbers that you can have so <laughs> yes. yeah uh anyways getting some feedbacks and emails and stuff like that uh, which is related to some of the things that happened in the show if you uh would like to write in with your thoughts and stuff what do you think is gonna happen in these last ten episodes uh do you think do you think there's a character that could uh Start the uprising and whatnot, or be, be contribute contribute towards it and stuff. Uh, anyway, let us know what you think of um, everything that we've said and your own thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, that sort of stuff. You can send those in to Matthew at org, Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also a big email box on the website version of the episode, which a lot of you use, and the clickable email name. Uh, Jason writes in and says, uh, I didn't feel anything watching the Negan scenes as the guy already has a spin-off. Why did AMC insist on announcing two spin-offs, uh, making four characters safe before the series finished? Uh, Jason's not the only one who's kind of said stuff about this. I'm in quite I, f- I think, I'm... I,
1: I think Jeffrey D. Morgan actually made a comment about it. I seem to remember reading his story. Like, oh, yeah, I was somewhat... So, I, I, he was on an interview thing and said, yeah, I was kind of surprised by the timing of that. Uh, and as for, for that off show, but yes, so uh, I mean, even he, I think, was a little surprised that they announced that when they did,
0: mm-hmm. rather yeah. than
1: waiting until the end.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, Jason's not the only one who's kind of said that. I'm in quite a few Walking Dead groups on Facebook and whatnot, and um, you know, it, even even when on the main Walking Dead uh, page and stuff, when they announced it, and everyone's like, "Why are you telling us about this now?" Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and even uh, because I still listen to Bob Moves, uh, Walking Dead podcast, which is very good, Um, and they were talking about like AMC's handling of marketing and how they like handled Rick's exit by treating it as like a special occasion. Um, It was and how that was kind of strange. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, when you think of AMC and stuff, and you think of a studio that's kind of, I don't know if you could label them incompetent. You could just label them as kind of. Not quite so smart sometimes. Um, still with a bit of greed going on, you know, with the way they've kind of handled this IP. Um, but now there are there are studios and stuff that has done done worse of things, but but done them in smarter ways. I don't know it's kind of kind of strange, but um, a- AMC is an odd kind of company. I think we can fairly say that and the way they've handled stuff, but because um, they don't do this sort of stuff for like. Um, some of their other shows, uh, you know, but um, it, it's mainly just promotion of like, hey, the final season of Better Call Saul is this date, and then that—that's kind of it. But I suppose the way that they treat The Walking Dead is a bit, a bit different, because um, obviously it's their, it's obviously their cash cow and everything. So, um, and it wouldn't be their cash cow if we didn't have you know uh, five shows or however many we, we're going to end up with uh so i don't know how how do you feel about how amc handles their kind of marketing and that sort of stuff
1: well i mean we don't know where this this decision to announce this stuff early came from we don't know whether it came from amc we don't know whether it was a case of it was getting you know it had got out to the press and they thought well we need to get ahead of it and release something official which is sometimes the case um it could be gimbal being gimbal uh i mean you know uh timing was never his strong suit so that's that's, it it could have been a decision that came from him he's the overlord of the walking dead um so i mean who knows it it may be a fact that they weren't intending to announce it and it it just somebody had got hold of the story um somebody like deadline got hold of the story and because they have spies all over the place and uh it was going to get out, so they released something official for it. I, I mean, don't know. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like with um, Man United sometimes, right? Because you'll get the team news an hour before the game. So that like Sky Sports and everybody else can speculate about, like, hey, should this player be playing here and there and whatever else? Um, but sometimes, like, online you'll see a team sheet. Not It's not always completely accurate, but a team sheet that will leak, like, five hours before the game. And it's like, so, okay, somebody in the squad because they'll probably know obviously on the day if they're getting picked or not. Like, who in the squad is unhappy enough that they're trying to leak team sheet news for some reason? Um, some people have suspected it's the second choice goalkeeper who's unhappy. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a little bit like that, I, I suppose. Um, so I don't know. It's just not just not handled very well. I think is the is is the main point. Um, Beth writes in the second email that we got. Uh, I really enjoy hearing um, Matt talk about the comics and talking about the differences. You have know, said you don't want to spoil the future but are just ahead of the show. What is that like? Um, I mean, I could, like, over the next two days, go and finish the whole rest of the book if I set enough time aside. I don't necessarily want to do that. Um, I kind of want to finish. I don't know how I would time X. Obviously, you've got the, the summer where the episodes aren't even on and things, and then we'd have a whole eight episodes. I sort of maybe want to finish the book two episodes or so before the series ends, so that I can kind of know how the book ends, because I, I want to know how the book ends before the show does. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's up to me how I manage all of this, but you've got, what, uh, April, May, June, July, August, September, and in October the show comes back, so quite a lot of time. Um, But it, it's, it's been, I mean, I remember way back in... Season 7, 8-ish... I was already aware of like the whisper stuff... Happening... Um, and that was still kind of fun... Um, and I could kind of know what was happening... Or what was potentially coming up in the next season... Um, I mean obviously you don't have to read it... You can just look this stuff up... Of Like hey what happens in the Walking Dead comics... And you can just see some of the plot points... But one of the more interesting things has been kind of... You haven't got this character... For this thing... So who are you going to replace that with... And then oh you killed off this character earlier or later... So this other character is gonna have to replace that other thing, um, so that that stuff's quite interesting, um, like the differences in where Abraham died or you know Glenn getting killed in the same way, but then the Abraham twist being there, that uh, stuff's been kind of cool, um, and obviously mm-hmm. the the newest thing is like, oh, the white got killed for being rebellious, but he's not even on this show; he's on the other show. So how are you gonna work that one out? It's it's quite interesting. So, um. But I, I know of like a couple of things that happened slightly ahead of where I've read. But um yeah, I'll just keep it going at the pace it's it's going. I think it's working pretty well. I mean, I remember when we watched um, the ball episode. And literally the part that I had read just before I watched the episode was of that exact thing. So it was really interesting to kind of read that part. And in the the next episode happened to be that exact plot point. <laughs> um, so it was interesting seeing the differences straight away because you've not got certain characters there and whatnot. So, um, what's that kind of like for for you? I I guess. Um, obviously, you've not read the books and stuff, but what's that kind of like for you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I I have read some of the books. So oh, right. I mean, what, what do you mean in terms of like for me in,
0: in in what in what terms? Like when I bring up comic book stuff and you hear about me, kind of right? Okay, yeah, yeah, comparing that um, to the show.
1: Yeah no I mean it's it's kind of interesting to hear how they've changed things um you know um there there are a lot of tv shows which are adaptations of comic books and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know some of them stick fairly faithfully there are always going to be certain amount of changes which always upsets people but there are always going to be some changes because of the fact that you're making a tv show you're not making a comic book so you there are some things which will work in comic book form that don't work or work in novel form that don't work in um tv show format Mm -hmm. so there are always going to be some changes so it's always interesting to know uh how the different the stories have played out and i mean with walking dead particularly you know we've had they've killed off completely different characters so there are people alive in the books that aren't alive in the um tv show or the other way around there are characters in the tv show that were never in the books in the first place so yeah it's it's sort of interesting to hear the difference Mm
0: -hmm. it's interesting the ways that the, the way that they've swapped carol and andrew around because um, in the TV show, you've got Carol, who's more of the badass and survived a longer time, and Andrea, who kind of admittedly stupidly mm. died in 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 a scene. Um, their deaths are at different points as well. But in the book, you've got Andrea, who's um, who makes it further. Um, and then Carol dies in a in a more sort of stupid way. Um, so they've kind of switched. So it, it still kind of worked out in the end because you've sort of got because even though. The version that we've got of Carol in the show is older than the version of um, Andrew from the book. Um, They're they're both kind of young in the book, though. But, obviously, Melissa's a bit older than the the two versions of those characters. But that sort of worked out almost the same way. The only major difference, I suppose, is Michonne ended up with Rick instead of Ezekiel. um, Because uh, Michonne ends up with Ezekiel in the book. um, And then andra ends up with rick so it's all kind of it's all kind of mixed around and stuff but um yeah that's, you ended up with like one of them being more badass in one version and then it swapped around in the other so yeah yeah it's kind of cool anyway that's what we've got for you for this week's episode uh i'll continue reading the book and stuff um i didn't quite start the the last book yet so i'll i'll, I'll do that um next time and then uh bring some more tidbits and whatnot so um, so I thought it was fun to talk about the Dwight stuff because he isn't in the show anyway and we don't have a character who's in that situation so uh, kind of interesting stuff so anyway in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcasts so take a look at all that Uh, a couple of film reviews coming up um, soon United cast back on Saturday and of course we'll be back on Sunday for Gaming Talk um, where we can talk about what Project Spartacus actually is and then uh, more Walking Dead next week. Um, so check out all that. Entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can either listen to more episodes that we've done, either on the places that I've just mentioned. Uh, you can also tell other people that you know about what we do and where they can find it. Just tell them about the podcasts that we make and where they can find those. You can either do that simply by telling people or by using social media and whatnot. So uh, share the stuff on those places uh patreon there's one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast and review options so you can take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh tv and film news is uh, a cool thing uh david what is going on with uh geek town these days
1: uh lots of news of course as always mm-hmm. going up uh we've got trailers and things and uh tv shows and air dates and casting and all that sort of stuff up on the main feed so you can go and check that out at geektown.co.uk uh geek Town radio podcast match was on this week with me so uh he talked about upload and top boy and uh the wonderfully, if uh, somewhat confusing in places, uh, foundation, but uh, really well-constructed show, that the Apple TV show. Talked about that. Uh, I discussed Megacon Live, which is a new comic con, which is in Birmingham and Manchester. First experience of that. Pieces of Her, which is a Netflix thriller series, which has been brilliant. And uh, we talk a little bit about the Oscars as well, because, you know... um, Things happened <laughs> the Oscars. Something of happened, week. yeah. So yeah. so we talk a little bit about that. And there's there's lots of casting news for the uh, AMC's Anne Rice uh, Vampire Chronicles series. So we talked about that. Casting for, the, for Gotham Knights as well. And lots of renewals and cancellations and pickups and that sort of stuff. So that's all on Geek Town Radio. If you go and search for Geek Town Radio in all the podcast apps, you'll find us on there. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, and I've also got a new intro, which you can check out. And you've got a new intro, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Check out all that Geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio uh, If you want some uh, to watch some stuff on Twitch uh, you can follow me and Bex individually. Bex is uh, Trista Bytes Trista B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch. Uh, if you like Playstation stuff she's doing Tomb Raider on Mondays I believe still so you can look at what she's doing over there and lots of other retro streams and whatnot uh, You can follow me as well on Twitch as well eTalkUK. Uh, yesterday I did my first impressions video for Kenya uh, Bridge of Spirit which is available now on YouTube uh, Speaking of YouTube, if you want to find the archive streams which is up to date for the archive streams you can find those on the same youtube channel entertainment talk plays i still got quite a few cod clips um like quite a few still to upload but you can find all those those are just kind of when fun stuff happens on that game and i quickly record those parts you can find both of those things over on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time uh, for the penultimate episode of 11b what a time to be alive all uh, right i'll we'll see you next time thanks for listening and goodbye bye